1: Hello and welcome to LDO415, joined this week by everyone's favourite, Harry Kitten. Hello. Our Lord and Master, Frank. Hello. And of course, right until I fly. Hello. Okay, so on, on a lighter note, um, it looks like <laughs> <laughs> we had a remote, uh, remote ID document or something nudging everyone in the gentle direction of with uh, a lot of sort of ums and ahs and ask for public yep. opinion, There's, and Frank has read it all.
2: Uh, yeah, definitely read every word. Uh, I am fully briefed on everything and know everything <laughs> that is happening. I've, I've also read
1: it, well. so it's not entirely up to Frank. Yeah.
3: Um, well, I, yeah. I didn't do the required reading, so please explain it to me in ways I of the simple thing you can understand.
2: Well, I, I think it's some context to begin with. So. This is a consultation that has been opened up by the CAA, the Civil Aviation Authority, which is sort of the UK body governing aviation. They have said, uh, you have until the 7th of September, I think it is, bearing in mind it is currently the 10th of August, the 7th of September, to tell them what you think we should do, or what they should do about laws governing uh, unmanned aircraft in the UK because if in case you hadn't noticed um, sort of if you if you think way back when uh, before there were any rules, there were rules but before there were any rules anyone cared about uh, governing uh, unmanned aviation in the UK uh, there was a draft set of rules by the European Aviation and Space Authority, and that sort of came out. Everyone looked at it, went, That's stupid. There was a consultation on that. That got changed. And that became sort of some draft rules. They became some rules. They were about to come into play, and then Brexit happened. So we're not following those rules. So then we said, We're just going to copy and paste the European rules and do what they're doing mostly. And then it turns out that actually they don't make any sense anymore for various other reasons. So, basically, they all depended on new hardware existing that doesn't exist. So, technology hasn't moved as fast as the law in, in, a, in a sort of way, which is not usually how that works. Uh, Magic. Yeah, so they've gone, okay, those rules that we were hoping to have copy and pasted and let happen, we can't do those anymore. We're throwing them away. We're going to start again. That's not entirely a book.
1: fair assumption from what I can see, though. Just because the rules haven't been adopted, they are still law in the rest of Europe, and large companies are still using those European laws. Oh, um, yeah. What we've Absolutely. done is gone, well, we're not part of Europe. We'd better rewrite anything with the word Europe in it to now say UK in it. So instead yeah. of having their laws, we've now got to come up with our own laws. And yeah. because people are kind of have too much time on their hands, they decided instead of just <laughs> copy-pasting that they'd start the entire process from scratch and
3: have a completely new set of classes and terminology. So but, within this document, what was wrong with the current set of rules we have? Because we do work in a set of rules, don't we? Quite, quite sensible rules about, you know, not being within 50 metres of uh, people and uh, not going above uh, 400 feet and that sort of thing and, like, having a spotter, of course, yeah, and, well, you know. So apparently those rules are
1: confusing, and and instead of just clarifying them, people have decided the document seems to suggest that it's better to start from scratch instead of clarifying.
2: Any any long term listeners of the show have paid attention to any anything of what I've said, which is probably win, uh, I guess, and probably no one else. I listen
0: to you, Frank, Lord and Master.
2: You'll have noticed that the rules started out being very, very simple, and then they realized that, like, model aircraft exist, and then they got a bit more complicated, and then they realized that drones without GPS exist, and they got a bit more complicated, and then they realized that, like, paper planes exist, and it got even more complicated, and then they realized that, like, people want to use commercial drones for crop spraying things. Basically, you just ended up with getting more and more edge cases and it got a very, very complicated thing. So what started out being a nice A5, this is all the rules in a nice visible understandable leaflet ended up, it's now like tens or hundreds of pages of documents that you got to kind of get your head around to actually know what all the rules are. Uh, So I can understand them wanting to go, this is a bit ridiculous. We, like, the police aren't going to aren't going to read all this. The people doing it aren't going to follow all this. Mm. We should we should try and simplify it. What they've
1: um, what they've been trapped by is the term drone, both meaning uh, a tiny whoop that could be mm. thirty grams, and also a commercial crop sprayer that could be you know half a ton.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, and they've put them. They've attempted to write a set of legislation for drones and not really thought about what that term might encompass before embarking on the legislation so we had previously a class mark system that was supposed to come into into being this year or last year where we'd assumed that there was going to be a set of class markings that would cover the kind of weight grades and sizes of each drone and those class markings would would cover pre-built drones and they'd be stamped from the factory and they go past a set of validation that would make sure they were fit for purpose and they'd have safety equipment that fitted in with that class and then there was this exemption for self-built stuff where they went oops yep there's a category of people who are just building their own things and they're not going to have these class marks so we'll create an exemption for them and that was Mm -hmm. the current landscape right and it seems that that was confusing sure but so far the alternative is let's make it not less confusing so Someone said, it's too confusing, we need to redesign the system, but they've not given us a better example of what they're going mm. to do. So there's every chance they'll go away into a shed for nine months and then come back with a system with 23 different classes and 500 pages of documentation <laughs> instead of the current system.
2: Well, the, the problem is, I think, they're, they're going to go away and they're going to come back with, a, a again, a one-page system that it get, doesn't... It's designed, designed for amazon that, that...
1: and sponsored by amazon yeah
2: well yes i mean remember like this is very important to remember when you're responding to the cons- consultation which i think everyone should do That you know we don't entirely have okay so sort of Before you respond, be aware, the BMFA are in talks with people, they're trying to work out sort of the best way that we could all send in the same thing-ish and make the right points, and, you know, they're going to come out with some advice for what's going to be the most constructive way of responding to this consultation, so be aware of that before you respond, but uh, also, if you're going to ignore that because you don't want to follow the BMFA, which is fine, uh, make sure that you remember that the person on the receipt like you're not on a soapbox declaring this to a big grand jury of people who just want to squash you you're not you're not taking it to the man okay you're you're sending in an email and there's someone who is sat in a cubicle somewhere who just wants to pay their bills who probably got their job because they you know heard a Spit fire flying overhead, and got inspired by aviation, or watched Top Gun, or whatever. They have some interest in aviation, or at least said they did it in an interview at some point. They, they want, you know, they have dreams of flying. and They're now sat in a cubicle in a glass-walled office, just staring at the emails that you send into them. Remember, that's who you're talking to. So don't tell them mm-hmm. that they're killing the hobby because they probably don't care, and it's you know what they're looking for is constructive suggestions. Uh, what they're also looking for is constructive suggestions that lots of people make, that is the other thing you know, if you get lots of people having nice, short concise, brief things that say a lot of the same points that are nice, for clear example, and understandable what might be a sensible
1: and rational retort that would you know resonate with a large audience
2: well for example uh, model aircraft and drones are a cheap into aviation and engineering and stem and yeah. and stem and all of that all the things that you know the the ministers are gonna want to support um, who are ultimately the the, uh, the 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 cubicle workers bosses are the your MPs uh, so the things they're gonna want they're gonna want to support stem and engineering and all of that kind of thing British business all of that <sighs> I know,
0: yeah, exactly. That's Jack. He's very hard right now.
2: Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. And then, uh, so they're going to want to support all of that. Currently, drones, model aircraft, cheap way into it. Uh, if And it's, you know, fairly low barriers to entry. You can go to a park to do it. You can buy a thing for not very much money and go and do it. You can find people that are doing it. You, all of that. If all of a sudden you have to have this electronic conspicuity bit of gear and this uh, proprietary bit of hardware to to do something else it's going to make mm. it very expensive uh, and it's going to raise that barrier to entry and harm the industry, harm the economy, it's going to be bad for all the things ministers are talking about. That sort of thing is probably going to be more constructive than, you're killing the hobby! Because they don't care. Mm. Um... So, that's, that's possibly something to think about. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but, cause, cause, you know, consultations have had an effect. So, with the, the ARSA original proposal, that ended up being changed a lot before it actually became any rules that anyone had to follow. Uh, when the UK uh, drone register, uh, you know, they had a consultation on that. Uh, A lot of that responses to that were not very constructive. Basically, the only thing that I can remember coming out of the consultations for that was uh, the minister at the time got involved and said, ah, I know about the CAA costing people lots of money, so I'm going to reduce the price from, whatever it was, £12 to £7.50 or something, which made such a difference, uh, you know. But the point is, the consultation, was read and listened to and did have some kind of an effect uh so it isn't it isn't just a waste of time necessarily uh it's i would feel it's actually probably more directly constructive than voting personally but that's that's my own opinion Uh, you know, you can actually have potentially some kind of an effect. We have even had two people, two listeners of the show have had their consultation responses to previous consultations recorded as a matter of public record. Uh, So, you know, that's out of the size of our listenership, to have two personally uh, identified, that's that's pretty good going. So, uh, see if we can do that again. it would be nice. Um, but yeah, don't, uh, like Wynn says in the chat, don't tick the box and scream, screw the man. You, know, you want to be short, readable, concise, mm-hmm. constructive. You want a post it note that explains to someone who doesn't really care what they should actually be doing, yeah. or what a minister might actually care about. So that's the things to think about. Uh, yeah, we, we do have a few weeks to send this in. Uh, I don't know whether it will matter whether you send it in to begin with or the end. I don't. I don't know. You know, are they going to be waiting until everything's there and reading it all in one go? Are they going to filter it by if we get loads of responses to begin with that are just rubbish? Let's just throw them all in the bin. I don't know. Uh, I focused
1: we, on the the implementation difficulties mm-hmm. of taking a GPS unit and putting it on a pre-existing drone because a lot of them. Hmm. Some small stuff like Tiny boops they can't physically lift a GPS unit. Yep. Airframes don't always, even if the the weight bearing allows for it, airframes don't allow for the attachment of GPS. And, And further to that, the flight control units often do not provide sufficient IO options to attach a GPS if you're running an old unit. You may not be able to do that. Coupled with the fact that you're dealing with people who build their own hardware for whom spoofing a bunch of remote id information is just a bit of a giggle so what are you going to achieve you're going to ask people who would normally behave themselves to police themselves and you're going to end up with a couple of clowns who create uh, you know 20 different drones that are all fake flying around in circles or drawing cock and balls in the surrounding area uh, and mm-hmm. the people who are likely to cause any sort of harm or endanger privacy or endanger critical infrastructure are just going to avoid doing this or they're going to buy pre-built drones and they're going to disable it um mm. so what do you gain at the end of the day
2: and the, the other thing is you know you were saying about tiny whoops like a tiny loop is a perfect example uh because it's got a camera on it which they're using as a way to separate out you know a drone from a model aircraft that they shouldn't worry about legislating against. Mm-hmm. So it's got a camera on it, but it it doesn't have. You know, it's, it's a multi-rotor, but it's not GPS controlled. Uh, so that that will blow their minds that you can have mm-hmm. a multi-rotor that doesn't have. I'm seriously GPS. worried
1: about my cats destroying them. Like it's small enough that a collision yep. with a small cat is likely to result in cat one, drone nil.
2: Yeah, it's it's small enough and light enough that it is inherently safe, as we have demonstrated many times. Flying tiny whoops yeah. into Tony's face in slow motion. If you
1: really try, you can maybe scratch someone's face. But if you throw enough biros at someone's head, you can do that as well. That doesn't mean yeah. they're inherently dangerous.
2: Right. Uh, a tiny whoop is inherently safe, but it can fly outdoors. It can fly out. You know, it can fly outside in some reasonably high winds. Like you know it's it's not the sort of thing that's just gonna got to be waiting for a dead calm evening uh, it's something that's fairly cheap and accessible to a wide range of people who don't necessarily have access to a car who don't necessarily have lots of money who are not necessarily you know adults I, That's it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a perfect example of, of the sort of thing they need to be aware of and be thinking about.
1: And, and that follows from a point in the survey where people were very confused by the classification of some, some parts of it didn't apply to toys, uh, and they were under the impression that if they bought something as a ready-to-fly kit on Amazon and it was, you know, a tiny whoop, maybe it weighed under 50 grams, that, that it was a toy. But actually, the classification of a toy in terms of those laws, was governed by a very strict set of legislation relating to, you know, can the parts be swallowed? Has it passed Mm a particular set of of safety tests? Which these kits weren't meeting.
2: Yeah, well, a a tiny whoop is is not going to meet a toy legislation. The toy legislation is like, uh, amongst product designers, toy legislation is like the highest level of like... Like there's, there's medical grades and there's toy grades. You those can, you give this to a like toddler and difficult. they'll
1: still be alive if left in a, a room for 30 minutes
2: with the product. Exactly. Exactly. Like there's, that's a very, very high bar to meet. It's not something that your, your average hobby grade tiny whoop is yeah. going to meet in a million years. Uh, I noticed in the chat, uh, Dominic Clifton has a very, very good point, And I think it ties in with something Wynn has also said. He, Dominic is saying uh, understanding the motives for the legislation and offering a counter proposal might also help, and this ties in with what Wynn is saying, which is that they are considering geo awareness, uh, and I think this ties in with the sort of general feeling of like oh Amazon are coming for our airspace, uh, and, and you know there's there's a definite grain of truth in that as there usually is. Uh, yeah. So. If you've been following the sort of commercial drone news over the past uh, few years, you'll have seen a lot about uh, drone corridors and beyond visual line of sight uh, operations becoming a bit more normalized. Um, if you've seen in, in Germany kind of how they're particularly looking at uh, setting up uh, commercial drone automated beyond visual line of sight stuff in Uh, a band of airspace between 400 feet and 500 feet. Um, So all those ideas are kind of merging in. Mm. The the CAA are trying to work out how to do um, sort of uh, the equivalent of air traffic control, but for unmanned aircraft. Um, So that's probably where a lot of this is coming from, is they're trying to work out how do we have, uh, you know, there's there's already a lot of uh, island operations like going to uh, the Shetland islands going to the Isle of Wight there's there's operations there where they're operating fairly autonomously fairly beyond visual line of sight even if at the moment they're, the the sort of uh the companies are having to kind of uh have an actual pilot follow it along and pretend or you know have it, have a dead man switch and and just for investors pretend that it's it's autonomous and pretend for legislators that it's entirely under their control um so that i imagine that's a lot of what's the thinking is behind this is that they're trying to go okay how are we going to have a load of drones going from point a to point b without yeah. someone actually driving underneath them uh and how to do that safely like we've been seeing with the, the zip line stuff uh, over in Zimbabwe, if you've seen Mark Rogers' channel doing a nice big deep dive on that, as we have Blue Owl talking about, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of that kind of thing going elsewhere in the world. The UK is going to want to kind of get in on that. Um, so how do we manage that in the UK? That's um, a very uh,
1: rational argument, and there's a lot of good points to be made.
2: Yeah. unfortunately so-
1: whenever drones hit the news it <laughs> tends to be with the mass hysteria you know mm. oh think of the implications to national security oh someone saved the children sort of big drama hysteria events
0: exactly and, and those so- are the
1: headlines that move the needle politically not rational thinking about innovation and technological advancement and stem opportunities yeah. there's, there'll, there'll there's be- another,
3: sorry i was just gonna say there's another problem with this document and that's the fact that yeah, you can. You know, I'm a little bit cynical about re- replying to things. Whether you just, I feel they're being ignored anyway. But where they where they write uh, stuff about remote ID, and they talk about like how, and I'm just speed reading it. They they talk about how the police are having trouble identifying the perpetrators, and remote ID is mm. going to solve it. The fact that they don't acknowledge that if someone's doing bad stuff, uh. And we'll put it in terms we can understand, like, okay, someone's going to rob a bank. You'll notice they didn't use their own car because you could get them with the registration plate. And obviously someone yep. intent on doing something bad, i.e. The, the bad actors, as we call them, isn't mm-hmm. going to register a drone for, or have yeah. carry on. In aid. fact,
1: they're much more likely to go right. down to the woods somewhere and try and, you know, if they're really clever, they'll grab someone mm-hmm. else's remote I'm id very, I'm
3: very glad, glad you brought right, this up. Yeah. So, so we go. could... Definitely feed that back. But the fact in the document, these, you know, people writing this, who I'm sure are quite well paid and well respected in the industry, can't see this, Mm. worries me. It's like it's been written by children. And also what happens if you give a nice
1: expensive toy to your kid and they go off somewhere beautiful to fly it and they advertise their location to someone who comes up, punches Mm. them in the head and steals their their drone?
2: That is that is a, a very relevant point to make. But back to the let's let's take your your bank robber analogy. So it's it's very very hard to identify when someone has a a, a a swapped license plate on their car. But if you you know it's very hard to find the bank robbers. But if you stop someone, if the police think they know who it is, but uh, they're not sure. And they can't prove that they did the bank robbery, but they can prove they have some stolen plates in the the back of their car. Now all of a sudden you can charge them for that. That's what they're talking about. They're saying it's easier to prosecute someone for having a drone that's had its remote ID disabled or doesn't have remote ID and they've clearly been flying it than it is to prove that they've been flying it over the prison two miles away uh that's, that's, that's a switch that
1: about. you can make a, like with a car you've got to get a screwdriver you've got to have another set of plates with an electronic system you could just you know run an app on your phone and change it and then change well, it that... back when you're done yeah, i sure you is can use <laughs> any trail we,
3: we have to rely on the police now having a good like suspect to, to to go and search if it's yeah if they're sort of saying okay Oh, someone was—it's it, the old argument. Someone's flying this drone dangerously over the park, and perhaps you know there is a guy in the park, and he's flying safely using his remote ID, and there's a guy not using remote ID, harking about. It's going to then come back to the guy that's doing it lawfully, and it's—it's it's the old let's let's punish the people that are doing things right because the mm. criminals aren't stupid enough to sign and up to remote the remote there are
1: most ID systems as well. So for all this hassle of implementing it, it's a beacon system that's based on Bluetooth, right? And, you know, with all the best will in the world, Bluetooth range is for compared to the radio link systems that we use. So you're not going to have the same antenna on your Bluetooth module broadcasting your ID as you are with your control link. So you're going to be at a distance where you can control the drone, where, you know, people receive a notification there's a drone flying there that's nowhere near you anyway. You know, you might only be able to get the Bluetooth signal for 100 metres around the, the quad, and you could be flying from 10K away. So how is this helping anyone, you know?
2: But like you say, this, this, this is a sort of technical level of implementation that they're not going to be worrying about at the moment. They're going to work, be working out uh, what, what, what's the kind of concept of legislating this that, we're, that we should be working on now. We'll, we'll work out the details of the technical implementation later, which is clearly what they've done previously. It hasn't entirely worked out very well for them, but that's, that's what they've generally so, been doing.
3: Well, there's that phrase about keep trying the same stuff over and over again and expecting a different result is yeah. uh, a sign of madness.
0: Um, I'd just like to point out that like, you know, uh so many people got pwned regarding the electoral record and nothing was done, nothing was said as well. And I'd just like to, you know, like how secure is that CA list? Yeah. And I, then I do,
3: like, um, I do like the fact that they said, Oh, sorry. We've we found out that your data got stolen two years ago, so be careful about your data. It's like we didn't lose it. <laughs> you did. And now you're telling us two years later, if any if any dodgy transactions happened over the past two years, oops, be careful.
0: And like the, the the other side of it is I think maybe we should get, you know, like those foam waffle bats. And maybe if this does come in, a group of us should just drive around locally, find people, hit them with the foam... <clears throat> bats and be like we're pretending to be robbers and we've just beaten the shit out of you taking all your stuff and they just go around harassing people flying drones because it's almost like a giant beacon for hey we've got expensive stuff where's come the banner in the uh, middle of
2: nowhere any, any, any views, views expressed
0: <laughs> any ideas come up again a, a, a personal may not threaten the view of others leave but it running you know mate
1: leave it running <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just like, it's it's almost like, you know, we're like remote ID uh, the Cerakol fans. So you know where they are at all times. Yeah, and, and well, once again, the units the same- become
1: available, just, uh, you know, give them to all the little bored kids in, in Peckham, whatever, they can, they can slap them on whatever they want, people's cars and things. Just have them mm. driving around, have a merry old chase going on.
3: <laughs> I, I just uh, kind of want to keep repeating is, common sense to sorry, these people. The me.
1: opportunity for abuse is really high because, as people have shown very quickly after the American system kind of, but really before the products landed, you had systems that were taking an Arduino or other low cost compute devices, you know, under $10, maybe even under $5, and turning it into a system that could broadcast 10. Twenty fake remote ID signatures. And if that becomes commonplace, then what you're going to see is this is a system where all you have are people, you know, crying wolf, and the signal-to-noise ratio of the data as a whole is terrible, you know You've got thousands of remote ID signature with everyone drawing obscene slogans over the map, <laughs> and one or two people are flying fields who are going up and down in straight lines or circles are the actual real users and you're not going to be able to tell them from the noise
2: uh quite possibly but remember sort of what what they're trying to get to is the point where like adsb which is the kind of manned, the full-scale uh electronic conspicuity thing that's the main one there so uh, if you've been on flight radar 24 or adsb exchange or anything like that you'll you'll see you know so the, tra- the transponder on the aircraft, it's transmitting its location and its height, uh, and then it, that's that's sort of being gathered by local antennas and being fed back into a database, and then you're you're pulling on that. And there are situations where you know if you can you can find where people uh, are working on these or testing them because you'll see all of a sudden there's a there's 180 just appear in a big circle around this office somewhere. Mm-hmm uh you know that that sort of stuff does happen but it's it's not it doesn't happen enough to cause a problem for aviation generally um and if they're looking at having you know thousands of uh delivery drones going between winchester and uh southampton then it's it's not really gonna uh, worry them if someone's drawing a cock over in Cornwall. Uh, but if
1: there's thousands, Nay, millions, of cock and balls drone over the ho- whole of this sceptred aisle, mm. from John O'Groats to wherever, you know, then mm-hmm. that, that's going to be a problem. Yeah.
2: Well, as long as, as long as the delivery drones avoid driving or flying through the cock and balls, what you're going to have, have is the delivery them, drones
1: uh, end up basically tracing around <laughs> the faint outlines of cock and balls up and down the nation to try and avoid them. That's what's going to happen. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so you yeah, get like absolutely. a contour,
1: like there's a giant
3: cock hill <laughs> somewhere.
1: I'm just pretty sure that that's what people are going to do. They're just going to draw a giant willies because people are children, no matter their I age. I
2: imagine that will happen for the first few months, and then people will get bored. And I imagine that's what they're expecting. What, what
1: faith do you have in the human race, Frank? I applaud you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: paragliding and there's literally no legislation you can just go off and and fly around and uh, do whatever you like in which well, case could you do drone flying whilst pad paragliding and maybe that's a <laughs> look around
2: you, you say that but if you speak to any light aircraft pilots uh, general aviation pilots uh, flying in their little micro lights and things uh, they will be very happy to tell you how much more airspace, particularly in the southeast of England, has got controlled over the past five years, um, and how much more, how much less space there is where you can fly without a transponder, that you can fly without a radio. Um, you know, that that is a, generally a thing that is becoming more required, even even for the the paragliders and things. Uh, is a, a radio. Oh, if it carries and,
1: on this way, you, you know, every car will need like a man in front of them to warn people they're coming. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, you'd ask them like circle, that.
3: the man with the flag keeping the speed.
1: Yeah,
3: oh. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But well, remember,
3: constructive criticism, please.
2: Cause constructive. Well, I think if you're if
1: you're a person in an degree. aircraft, you should absolutely have electronic conspicuity. Like if you. If you can't design an extra 100 grams in for some electronic conspicuity in your ultralight or your glider, then you've really done a piss poor job <laughs> of designing it.
2: Uh, well, there is that, but also remember that they generally have a few more levels of redundancy and uh, reliability to worry about in an air- aircraft that's actually got a human in it and is flying over other humans than of your average you are you you're saying
1: they may need slightly more complex batteries or
2: yeah you know you might have a few more considerations when you're tying it into your your other electronics your avionics you want to make sure that it doesn't you know accidentally spit out a voltage spike into the thing that keeps you you know knowing where you are and being able so to speak give an extra
1: 20 grams for some capacitors and uh tvs diodes yeah. perhaps
2: uh yeah, that's these people are bit...
1: flying through the air in crates made of like fiberglass they put together themselves. Uh,
2: it, but that's, that is what I'm saying It's like, like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, a lot of light aircraft were like, there's no way we can hold this stuff. And now most of yeah. them have got something in, exactly. even if they turn it off most of the time.
1: They'll, they'll and, deny they can take up electronic conspicuity, but they'll have like a Bluetooth speaker in there so they can play some tunes on their phone while they're up there. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah.
0: absolutely.
2: Yeah. Most of them don't actually have like a an actual paper map anymore. They just have their
0: iPad. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a lot of that. Yeah. Um, one point to like drag back to, but <laughs> the whole like, you know, prosecuting the right person, and I'm sorry to use the G word, but do you remember Gatwick? Oh. You know, and the thing oh, is, Tony. My, my my my
2: conspicuous my, by his absence.
0: Yeah, uh, guilty. Like, my my sort of take on it is like with the guy, they they just wanted when they didn't know who it was, mm. and they just yeah. wanted to be seen doing. Find a guy that's flying helis. Guilty. Yeah, yeah. and then like someone says out.
2: he's got drones. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a few. Must, he he could have been flying for
3: now with one of those scale helis. <laughs> An now, no. I tell you. That's you know, the problem. You know, I mean, imagine if they, if they if they they raided Steven or mine house, and you'd see it in the press. It's like they're just carrying out drone after drone. He's such a wrong, and we've recovered like the street value of like a million pounds. These drones, they just laid them out all there and uh, take photos like it was a big drugs raid. <laughs> that would be. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll
2: be just walking out with like the forensic suit on, just big plastic, clear plastic bags for the drones. Yeah. Why did yeah, you Why did you hold up Gatwick?
1: Can you say anything? Mm. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I, I think that's, that's, that's a, a fair concern to have. Well, yeah. This um, comes back
1: to the demonization, right? Because we hmm. had this huge media hysteria over Gatwick. We all made a big laugh about it, but there was a Freedom of Information request that came out which said, well, yeah, there's no actual substantiated evidence that this was a drone. It might have been a police helicopter or at very worst, a police drone. That people then thought was the actual drone the police drone was looking for. Mm.
2: And we, we found the toy drone, but it had been there for months. Yeah, yeah, there was that exactly. as well. You
1: know, uh, yeah. it, and there's like there, here, just, the nearest thing was a bunch of balloons that flew off like a couple of miles down the road. <laughs> <laughs> mm. It's just yep. all m-
3: more and more ludicrous. I think it's mostly My My oh, other concern with oh. this document is what is the likelihood of. Places like the BFMA uh, selling out in order to say, it's okay, you can fly our fields and you don't need to have remote ID in that because that's pretty much what happened in the US, isn't it?
2: Well, that's also kind of what happened in the UK as well, that the the 400-foot exemption, uh, you know, the BMFA and FTB UK, all of them they were all sat in the same room, conceded the 400-foot exemption for... You know, multi rotors would have to stick to the 400 foot uh, limit, uh, as long as I don't know, everything my, else. My is allowed plane to might
1: might just have a couple of extra props. What about
2: that? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's it's more than two, isn't it? I think that's that's the rule. You're not allowed to have two it's more than two lifting props for it to go more than 400 foot. It's not. A, it's got to be a
1: rotorcraft. A rotor. It's actually the the law. Doesn't say a plane, it's a rotorcraft with more yeah. than one propeller. So yeah, I think yeah. you're allowed to fly a helicopter above that height, but not a drone because everyone <laughs> can auto rotate their 3D heli safely down as they frequently do, which is why they're never damaged. Good, glad to hear it.
2: Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I that's also potentially a legitimate concern is you know, our. Uh, multirotor slash FPV you know the sort of the the fringe is you know from the point of view of error modeling generally uh is there going to be a fringe aspect of it that gets uh ejected from the balloon uh in order to keep everyone else aloft uh that's potentially a concern to have uh but As we've noticed, Stephen, a lot more FTV pilots have been joining the BMFA, so maybe that'll make a difference.
3: One more. (laughs) 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 Traitor. Do free flight models come under this as well? Will they have to start attaching GPSs as they're just launching weirdly into a field and wondering where it's going to go? Yes. Even even control line, I've had to
2: worry about this before. (laughs)
3: Where's it going? In this circle?
2: Yeah. Uh, but no, that's, they've, they've genuinely had to have, like, had to have words. Like, do we really have to apply this control line? It seems... This is so
3: dumb. You know, the line
1: breaks, you know, it's actually a lot more dangerous than most drones. Like, oh, yeah. the control line, like... line breaks, you're like, where's it going? Mm? I don't know, but it's going Ahead.
2: throttle. In a straight line, very fast. Well, you say yeah. cr- it's probably largely parabolic with a little bit of side to side.
3: Yeah, yeah. Is it acceptable to deliver your responses to the CA by crashing them through a window with a drone? I think that's the, ex- uh, the requested method.
1: <laughs> Any views on this? Easily... <laughs> show?
2: <laughs> Four model aircraft flyers. Five <laughs> model aircraft flyers. This, you know, no, no, there's going to be a human being, a being on the receiving end of this who is probably vaguely interested in some kind of aspect of aviation, probably not our side. But because there's, there's a lot more to aviation. Than oh, us. my word.
1: But Caroline Tyler yeah. just commented that there is such a thing as pulse jet control line.
2: Oh, which, yeah. Uh, sh- sweet, <laughs> Jesus no. I, sweet Jesus, no. Sweet Jesus, no. I really, really wish that the BMFA Nationals were still happening uh, in one place. So they, they used to be all on RAF and Heath, uh, and they would have literally every type of. Model aircraft would be there, including the pulse jet control lines, um who uh, everyone refers to as the alarm clocks. Uh because they get up ridiculously early in the morning. They're they're they like Tony. Like Tony's FPV clock, that is control line o'clock. Uh That's like just goes, makes real just very early in the morning. It's uh Why? Poof.
1: Is it like audi drivers like you've got to be a certain kind of a person to own one of them
2: uh death i think uh i think that's the main <laughs> criteria uh <laughs> but i mean they're very impressive they go very very fast uh and as long as you can hold onto them, landed. i imagine
1: the risk of letting slip the line would be uh
2: heightened they're sort of enclosed in these kind of mesh circles okay uh, that's something i so guess yeah. I'm still not uh, sure I'd
1: necessarily trust a pulse jet, even if it was enclosed.
3: I think you can just stop at the sentence, I wouldn't necessarily trust a pulse jet, yeah. under <laughs> any circumstances.
1: True.
3: Yeah.
1: Man, LiPo's fires seem reassuringly homely and comfortable after hearing about all this. Yeah. I mean,
3: LiPo's yeah. don't glow under normal use. No, <laughs> there is that. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah uh there's definitely been
3: there's a lot out there let's put it that way all uh, we're all doomed the end is not and, and Ooh, uh, it's just, not all doomed dom suggests fine. that you make your delivery
1: to the bmfa with a heli or fixed wing um it's the uh proof method
2: yeah uh, yeah remember as a human being on the receiving end of anything you send them Look, are you related uh, to
3: them or something, Frank? You're defending them a <laughs> lot.
1: It's not a human being. It's just a TGI matrice. They're very literal. I might just be using AI just to go through all the lists. And
2: I mean, I would. Like, I wouldn't want to read everything that... Oh, oh my God. The Oh,
1: my word. How many walls of text do you think they get an average day oh from people with God. nothing else to do?
2: There's, there's a lot of people, particularly at the moment, like the weather has not been great. There's a lot of people with a lot of built-up, pent-up anger and frustration about not being able to fly their models. Uh, can you imagine what's going to come out of that? Phew. Yeah, I would not want to be spending my day reading all of that. That would require a lot of uh, trips to the pub. Uh, Shall we
1: end on a light note with something slightly different? Please. So, last week, I was going to bring this up, but with the wing talk, it didn't seem to fit. I noticed that There'd recently been uh, Mario FPV, who'd been banging on about um, this WFBNG project, which was like a Raspberry Pi based system that was sort of the follow on from the OpenHD stuff that Curry's been looking at. And he'd recently been looking at some subtly different approaches. Previously, they had the Raspberry Pi, and then you had to go out and buy a camera, and so you'd have to find exactly the right camera module and hook it up, and it was all a bit for palava, quite expensive. There's a project that they've been working on recently where they take off-the-shelf webcam chips, the sort of thing you Mm. might use as a security camera or a baby monitor. You might already have kicking around the house from some random purchase you got that happened to have Wi-Fi in it and a camera module and being able to flash these and repurpose them as FPV cameras, in much the same way Mm -hmm. as we originally started out FPV, taking security cameras that were analog Mm -hmm. and had transmitters in them, repurposing them, putting them on aircraft. What they're doing is they're taking cameras that are used for security purposes around the home that might be running uh, power over Ethernet or just uh, like a 12-volt power or something in them, and taking them and putting them into FPV systems. And so there's this uh, open... IPC system, where which has an FPV fork, I guess you'd call it, where you flash your existing webcam and you turn the entire webcam sensor, CPU, network controller into a kind of a standalone system. You just plug an antenna into and off you go. Um, that was interesting, so one to watch.
3: Yeah, I saw that one as well. I think he was still using an external Wi-Fi card on that one. Yeah. But like what, they were, what they were taking out was... The, the Raspberry Pi in the air. So you're getting a, a sort of simpler system. Um, and, and somebody already went on it, oh, you're going to test it. And it's like, yeah, i still got to get around to doing the last bits. But um, I wish I'd stick an OSD on it as well. That would be quite nice.
1: Well, I also noticed he was recommending a much cheaper Wi-Fi card because you had some incredibly pricey bit of kit.
3: Yeah, yeah. There are, there are cheaper ones uh, available via... Um, Ah oh, there was this other Chinese warehouse Tab, tab taboo or something Tabo oh, wow. which tab, yeah, yeah which was doing one but it was it was a slight hassle to get it wasn't as plug and play for OpenHD back in the day He
1: recommended one on AliExpress that uh, is a it's an Atheros Qualcomm Atheros system AR9271 for those who care about numbers which is just a a USB plug on one end and an SMA on t'other, And that's uh, 13 quid plus uh, yeah. shipping and tax. So about 15 or 16 quid. So a lot cheaper thing, than Things the, uh, have definitely Atlas moved ones. on
3: there because even as far as like OpenHD goes, now there's like, it's easier to use different cameras. Mm. And I think they've expanded the stuff for the, the, the Wi-Fi thing as well because it was literally, oh, does it have this chipset? Yeah, then it's going to work. And now it's like oh, we're using a, a, a better set of drivers and it's all better supported. But yeah, yeah there's, there's a couple of options now. There's OpenHD, there's WFB, whatever it was, there's Ruby HD, and now there's the, uh, the OpenIPC project. So there's lots about. Worth, the worth cost having. really
1: appealed to me because I think you were paying mm. like 50 quid to get a fancy camera. But these modules mm. that have the built-in camera module and a CPU are under 20
3: quid. Yeah, I'm hopefully I've I'm, I've got my this is office reorg week infinity. Um, I have got an old uh, remote monitor, which I'm wondering what the chipset is for. I used it when we first got the dog, and we had to, to monitor the dog to make sure she was okay uh-huh. when we were out, which is like a, basically a Wi-Fi camera that I could hook into. And I must must open it up and have a look at what the chipset is because we got no use for it anymore. Well, on that uh, more
1: positive note. Of maybe seeing cheaper FPV solutions, we should probably wrap it. And thanks everyone for um, our stream change.
3: We haven't been going long <laughs> enough.
1: We've only been going forty seconds. Going in. long
3: enough. <laughs> My curry's
1: going <laughs> to arrive in four minutes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this, is, this is the problem when you order based on us being on time, isn't it? Oh
2: dear! Uh, before we wrap up. Uh, by the time this goes out as your audio podcast, uh, it will be coming up to the weekend of the 18th, 19th and 20th of August, when it will be the Wing Racing League Wings Over Carmarthen uh, race. Uh, so I will be back out into Wales and trying to keep my wing flying through another weekend of crashing into a big inflatable oh, gate. Uh, so if anyone else is looking for something to do that weekend, I'm sure there are still spaces.
0: Um am I right in thinking that next uh week's LDO's birthday? Ooh.
2: Yeah, uh eight years of eight years of Let's Drain Out next week. Uh any any plans? I haven't seen any. I'm no. seeing... No, no. just uh, <laughs> take the
1: classical approach and go out like a damp firework uh, stalling the nice. content halfway through the show.
2: We haven't had fireworks for quite a while. Whether
0: they have they joined China made enough? Search Amazon.
2: <laughs> uh, any suggestions in the chat slash comments slash Facebook slash
1: Send fireworks to Jack. Yep,
2: yeah, yeah. send fireworks to Jack at right until I fly talent. You send
1: it, he lets it off indoors. That's the deal.
3: Yeah. <laughs> if you can fit it through his letterbox, he will set fire to it. I've got some flares in my garage from when I had a boat. He let one of my off in his house.
2: That sounds like an excellent idea. No. We should definitely do that.
3: Can someone say phosphorus? Ooh. Mate.
0: The uh, a whole box of them. Um... What, flares? No, no, the... uh oh. Fireworks. Yeah, the, the 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 old fireworks. I can't remember how much you used to pay for them, Frank. But I am I shocked that. at the price. Shocked. We're going to have that's to inflation.
2: remortgage the Let's Out Mansion.
0: Yeah, we're not. We're not doing. I'll never too good. sacrifice the mansion, guys. Well, we fly, now, Frank. I've I've sent you the link. I think that is substantially more than what you used to pay.
2: Ooh, yeah, that's. That is the uh, good price, everyone. Right,
3: over to Taobao, Frank. <laughs> All right, what we'll <laughs> have you to do is set. everyone buy a box of matches, take the little yeah. heads off, and then we'll wrap them up yeah. in paper. and Scrape welcome.
1: the match heads off into tennis balls and send them to Brighton till I fly. <laughs> Brighton.
0: <Yeah. laughs> no, one. Ten
2: tennis balls. Nine of them are full <laughs> of match heads. One of them is full of dog poo. Take your pick.
0: Oh, I'm <laughs> getting dog poo every time.
1: Oh, a sad, sad information for our listeners. Apparently, the legendary dog poo bin of Andy RC has been removed.
2: Being no, jacket, right In Peace.
0: no. When did that happen?
2: How? I don't it's know. It's the today. council
1: stole away this important landmark. Though. I don't think they even noticed the sticker on it.
2: They replaced it with another one that's right next to Andy's house instead. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm devastated. Right, I'm writing to them instead.
3: I realised. Don't they- <laughs> oh, right! There was no consultation, <laughs> consultation about the dog pooping. It was just taken. No, no,
0: It was a religious cultural landmark. landmark that, yeah, that people would pilgrimage to. Do they not understand?
3: Also, you could you could raise things like, well, where are the dogs going to? Sh-? And clearly, they're in the bin, but you pick it up and in the bin. You don't pick up the dog and hold it over the bin, curry. That's. I mean,
1: if it worked that way, it would Squeeze be a lot easier. Dog. A lot <laughs> easier.
0: You're not squeezing the dog hard enough. <laughs> it's just It works like a sort of nerve gun. Yeah. Toothpaste. Do you not understand how dogs work?
3: Thought I did, but now I'm not so sure.
1: They're not that convenient, mate. If they were, they'd be a lot more popular.
0: I have received the last Ooh. two batteries I need for the the four pack, oh, the flame four, copter four parallel four series. And now four
1: S four P beating you to it. Four four P will just average out the capacity. That's the theory there. Average out the cell health. Average out the capacity. Four S four P. Mm. Everyone's a winner.
2: Okay.
0: Mm. All right. What, um, are you
2: flying with this?
0: I don't know yet. Someone no, needs to... some
1: sacrificial qual- I think we I should give the you back the, uh, the little spicy copter LDO
0: mascot with yeah. its orange props. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> right, come on. See us out. Yeah. We're, we're, I think Thank we're done. Thank
2: you. There's a courier arriving.
0: there. Put a
1: fork in it. It's done. And a courier leaving. Thank you to our wonderful Patreons. You have been joined by everyone's favourite. Curry Kitten. Bye. Our Lord and Master, Frank. That's me. Hello, bye. And the inimitable, Brighton till I Fly, Jack. I don't know what that means, but thank you. And me, the man with the silly facial hair, Stephen. Been great talking to you all. Have a lovely week. Catch you next time.
3: Bye. 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 Telemetry lost.